0: Welcome to the Cancel This Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Sautel. This show is going to be a lot of fun, and I know you're going to enjoy it. We are going to hit the topics of today head-on, but use a biblical perspective, along with some fun and encouraging guests to work our way through them. There's a good chance some of the issues and stories I talk about on this podcast is going to rile up the so-called cancel culture, running amok in this fallen world full of broken people. But check this out. I really don't care. As a fireman of 22 years, I responded to much louder, darker, and scarier scenes than anything these folks can throw my way. So sit back, relax, turn the volume down just a bit because I have a tendency to be loud, and enjoy the ride. In my first or inaugural show, if you will, I am blessed to have a guest who I really look up to, Mr. Kevin Sorbo. If I were to give Kevin the credit he deserves by listing out every movie, documentary, and TV show he has either starred in, narrated, directed, or produced, along with all the charities and ministries he supports, I'd be here all day. So without further ado, I'm just going to introduce him and start talking about his awesomeness. Kevin, thank you for being here, man.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. It's good to be here. You know, it's funny. I'll take that introduction. It's very kind. Uh, but those are the kind of introductions that get you canceled in today's <laughs> world, apparently. You know, that's what cracks me up. You know, I do, I do movies that have a good message, a positive message about love and hope and laughter, redemption, things like that. But apparently you got basically a, a pretty big chunk of the population in this world and certainly in America that don't want that. They celebrate hate. We celebrate anger. They celebrate divisiveness. And they talk about the cancel culture. i got to jump on that right away because I've already been canceled from speaking events, even from some, some Comic-Con shows. Because, you know, Hercules is a big hit. Andromeda was a big hit. And now it takes maybe just a half a dozen people to call in to get these things canceled, which blows my mind. So apparently you and I need to take a lesson from these people because their lives are absolutely perfect. You know, they, they don't like us for whatever reason. They don't like us. But we need to learn from them. How to be amazingly perfect human beings that have had nothing bad in their lives that they've ever done or anything. They've been evil. These are well thought out, amazing, even though they're probably agnostic or atheist, doesn't matter. They're right up there with God. They're pretty perfect human beings. And, yes, I'm saying this was dripping as much sarcasm as possible. Thank you.
0: You know, Kevin, I love your sarcasm, because being an Oakland fireman, I love to tell people, I came to Christ in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? I was in West Oakland, yeah. just below uh, the Bay Bridge area, below Berkeley, across from San Francisco, and when I first came to Christ there, people were like, oh, we know the old Jew," which is common, you know, we, we get that. But then the cancellation started coming in. People were like hating on me for no other reason. And and my nickname, believe it or not, because I used to be an atheist who could not stand Christians. Honestly, I just couldn't stand anything good in this world. And y'all Christians were kind of good and happy all the time. So I had to beat them down and beat you down and stuff. But once I came to Christ and I started realizing that I needed a change and there's something so much better out there they started to hate me. So, I mean, a ton of Bible verses come to play about the world hated me first. So therefore it's going to hate you. So with that being said, my question I want to throw out to you first is, have you noticed that the more goodness that comes from above that you try to pour out into society through film, through literature and everything else you got going on, do you find that people start hating you that much more?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, Satan's a real thing, right? It's a real, it's a real entity out there. And, uh, Satan is doing a heck of a job at uh, totally blowing up and destroying the world right now. Yeah. And people can laugh at that and whatever they want to say, but th- th- ask, I would love to know why these people have so much hate and anger in their lives that it's just its just been feeding on itself and it's really been building up over the last 20 years, I think. And now the last five, four or five years, it's exploded. So I would always, I've always kind of wondered, what is it with these people? Is there a common denominator with these people? Did they come from broken families? Maybe they didn't have a father in their Ooh. life. Did they come from a, an area where they just don't like themselves? I really honestly believe these people do not like themselves. They hate themselves. And misery loves company. There's a reason that's been such a popular term. They want to suck everybody right down with them into the black hole that they live in. And it's sad to me. And uh, I, I look at that. I mean, I'm a live and let live kind of guy. You want to be somebody that doesn't believe in God? Fine. I know we're called The Harvest. I try to put movies out that maybe sneak up on people and have a good message in there still. But why can't? why do you have so much anger and hate towards that? I looked at all these, you know, the last 20 years of all these people uh, complaining nativity scenes, offensive. Well, it's offensive to me if you have them taken down. And right. uh, they're the ones, and what, what blows me away with their blatant hypocrisy is they're the ones who scream for tolerance. Right. They scream for freedom of speech, but it's a one way street with these guys. Yeah. It's a one-way street. They have zero tolerance for what you have to say or zero tolerance for what I have to say. I've lost a lot of fans, which blows my mind. It's going, wow, just because I think this one and you think that way, you want to hate me. And I don't hate them. But like I said, all they have is hate in their lives. They look in the mirror every day. They hate who they are. They do not like, if they have a job, they don't like it. If they don't have a job, they don't like the fact they don't have a job. If they have a relationship, they don't like it. Or maybe they hate themselves because they don't have a relationship. But these people, everything is negative in their lives. And that just feeds and feeds and feeds and makes them that much more hateful towards people, you and me. But I gained a lot of fans because I am outspoken and I do speak the truth. They hate the truth. Mm -hmm. They don't want it. They hate facts. They're the ones who say science. Well, then look at the science. Let's talk about the science of mask wearing, you know, uh, they don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that there's only 500 deaths from uh, the CDC listed less than 500 deaths from COVID I mean, from the flu right. this year. Yeah. Really? It's average. It's average 40,000 deaths a year for the last 80 yeah. years. But all of a sudden, COVID apparently has cured the flu. Thank God. But I mean, it's, it's, I don't it's know. amazing. And, and I'm so on board with you because. Being a paramedic, I
0: became a paramedic back in 1995, and I worked in busy areas. I started off in San Bernardino, California, which you know is a very, very busy area just because, again, the state has fully been destroyed and the stuff that's happening there. And then I became a paramedic in West Oakland. And just a disclaimer, oh man, West Oakland is just full of beautiful Christ-following people. I mean, Sunday morning you can hear churches out on the streets, you know, they're 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 vibrant and they're going and stuff. But what is so crazy like you're talking about the 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 destruction of people that don't want to hear that. And so in my opinion, you have probably gained more fans during this past time than fans you've lost, but they're so quiet. Because like with me, I stayed quiet. Because this past year, when I you know, me being a dumb fireman who dropped out of high school in the tenth grade, I have never been in media. So I'm just now tempting or getting into the waters. And I was told, don't offend anyone, right? It's all about sales and sales, sales, sales. <laughs> And I was like, but it's about a message. And I'll be honest, as an atheist, I truly found the gospel message quite offensive because Jason, me, was out there rescuing people, doing things, going into fire, snatching people out, breathing light back in them. But it wasn't until someone once told me, they said, Jason, you're doing this in an art of self-worship. You're not doing it because God called you to do it. And that's sad, man. You're not giving recognition. Goodness comes from above. You pour it out by using your gifts and abilities that were given to him or given by him to you. And so when I started looking at it that way, I was like, well, I'm still going to fire scenes. Now I'm giving all glory to God. But like you said, people started getting mad at me. And I was like, wait a second. Prayer time offended people. And I was like, I'm not asking everyone to pray. And the one thing I want to throw out there about that is I think I'm on the same boat as you. I believe in values. My values are Christ-driven. They have to fall back on the Word of God. But I also believe in rights. I don't want a set of rights for me as a Christian and a set of rights over here for non-Christians. We have this thing called the Constitution, and it guarantees those rights for everyone. Now, like with you, I'm praying, I'm planting seeds to get people to Christ. So with that being said, have you also noticed that in this country we're starting to grow away more and more from the constitution and things that I truly feel God wanted for us initially?
1: Well, I got to go back to, you know, you talk about this telling you, people telling, "Oh, don't be offensive." Well, what are they but offensive? Right. Once again, the hypocrisy drips through why this is okay. Welcome to the public education right. system in the university system. Welcome to the mainstream media. Uh, Andrew Breitbart, who was a dear friend of ours. Um, he said, politics is downstream from culture. Who runs the culture? Hollywood runs it through the movies right. and television that they do. So you sit and look at this and this, this brainwashing has been going on and on and on. So they have the power to say, don't be mm-hmm. offensive. Don't be offensive. Well, then you're the ones who are offensive. Look, you look at these riders that are out there, these Antifa guys. Do you think any of them have biblical principles in their lives at all? Of course they don't. If they had biblical principles in their lives, they wouldn't be out in the streets doing what they're doing, destroying people's businesses, attacking people, or just working at those right. places. And what, what blows me away is we got wimpy mayors and governors in these in these in these blue mm-hmm. states that allow this to happen. They allow it to happen. I mean, we got to stop doing this. I mean, this is just crazy. And thank God, more and more people are starting to get more vocal about it because I see a lot of videos now. Of people going to the school boards and saying, "Enough is enough." We got to vote you jerks out of there. And that's what we got to do. We keep putting these people in the power that have all um, that have all the negativity on, as their as their main weapon. Fear is a great a, amazing right. weapon. They're using fear through COVID and everything else right now to destroy people's lives. Um, Actually, when
0: we're done with this uh, interview, I'm going out and voting because I actually dropped my vote off. But today is Election Day out here in California. Yep, and, know. you know, I it's know. crazy. So I, I don't watch much TV anymore. And it all started was when I was a fireman. I remember responding to a scene where a little girl, it was a hit-run scene. It was very tragic. And her mom was there, and the little girl had passed – and I was trying to hold her so her mom didn't have to witness how damaged her body was. I wanted the mom's last memory to be, I mean, not that it's gonna be a good memory, but I didn't want it to be as horrible. So I wrapped in the yellow blanket. And there were media was there. And respectfully, I get, you know, your first amendment and everything. But as a fireman who's also trying to control scene, I looked at my crowd and my guys. And I looked at my guys and said, hey guys, could you just please push them back? as crowd control, you know? And so the young men in my neighborhood did that. Well, check this out. We get back to the firehouse. We're eating a meal. And mind you, I'm the only, quote, white guy on this crew in an all-black neighborhood just a few doors down where the Black Panther Party started. And we're eating dinner, and all of a sudden, I turn on the TV, and media goes, the news channel, top of the news story, news crew Chased by angry people out of us, and I'm like, angry people? No, they were lovingly telling you to get back, but they didn't pan back and show the whole scene. They just showed three guys who followed my orders to say, "Get out of here! Come on, have some respect." But they said it in their young way of saying it. Now, this media made it manipulated and flipped it around, you know. So, so, and and now, in your aspect of being in media for so long, I mean, for crying out loud, I, I do have your resume in front of me. Have you seen a change getting worse and worse, or has it always been like this?
1: No, I think it's really gotten worse over the last 10, 12 years. I mean, I, I, look, I got, I'm, I'm, I've been kicked out of Hollywood. I, Hollywood owes me nothing. It's right. fine. But it's sad to me that they, you know, they're the ones who scream for tolerance, yet you know, they don't have tolerance for things that I want to say and believe in. I don't think I'm, I'm uh, causing problems by anything. I'm just saying, guys, this is the truth. But they don't like the truth. And thank right. God for independent movies, because it wasn't for independent movies. I would never mm-hmm. have career right now. But, right. uh, you know, it's 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 just sad to me that we've got to this place right now that there can be no conversation because 90 percent is probably even higher than that is run by the liberal media. Mm. And why? Why? I, I wish they could give me a good answer as to why they think socialism, Marxism and communism is a good thing. Why? There's been nothing good about right. it. Nothing good about it. In the last century it killed 200 million people. I mean, let's wake up. Right. Let's wake up and fight this thing back and get back. I mean, let's. It's just weird. I mean, I was taught – I grew up in a Democrat family. My parents were Walter Mondale. Huber were helping Minnesota Democrats. I voted for Reagan the first time I could vote. My dad was beside himself. But I I said, look, I think Carter's going to go down as one of the worst presidents we've ever had. And he right. was until Joe Biden came in. But but uh, it, it, it has never worked. And it's I, – I don't know. It, I get frustrated even talking about it because – if you look at the number of people that have that come after me now i'm going let's have a conversation about it. but they don't want a conversation they just want to see who can yell the loudest who can scream the loudest and that's all they have that's their that's their arsenal is just screaming at
0: you you're listening to the edify podcast network we'll be right back this podcast is part of the edify podcast network So you'll see me fall back on the fire department a lot because I was raised by a single abusive dad. So I kind of raised myself in in Southern California. I grew up in the skater culture and the, the, the gang life, if you will, for the skaters back then in the late 80s, early 90s. And so the fire department kind of raised me because at the age of 18, I went from that to becoming a fireman. And even the word firemen's offensive nowadays, even though I highly believe in firewomen. <laughs> I just don't believe in firefighters because I, I think I told my chief one day, I said,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, They're, they want to change the definition of everything. They, they love re- re- rewriting history. Right. It's just I mean, everybody's got bad history, folks, by the way. Every country right. does. You can't be racist. Otherwise, you are going to repeat it if you forget it. It's Right, as as right, right, Like they
0: wanted to, you know, Jason, you can't say firefighter anymore. So I threw it back in their face. Well, I find fighting offensive. <laughs> I don't want to be a firefighter. I'm, you can call me a fire putter outer, you know. And, and so I'm always that. But in the firehouse, what was so cool was politically, a lot of times, there were things we didn't agree on. But we're at the dinner table. We would hash it out, talk about it, and listen. But then when the conversation yeah. was over, we got to. We did the dishes, and then when we were done, yeah. we went out the door to fight fire, and we we're still friends. We were still brothers. Yeah. It, have you noticed in in your time also that the divisiveness stays and will not go away? Now, like we can't be friends. It seems like when we can
1: Well, away. yeah, but, well, yeah, but once again, the media is driving that. They're perpetuating that. They love it. They love it. They love it. They're sitting there saying now that you know uh, on January sixth when so you know the so called you know storming of the castle there was worse than 911. I'm going what? Yeah. How many people died right. in that? One innocent woman died by a guy that should have been be arrested what? and put on trial. Wow. But uh, uh, it's 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 amazing to me what they can do to rile things up and make things just the totally opposite of what they are. And as you said they did the when they did the article on you guys the news mm-hmm. when they're talking about it, they they go for these trigger points they yes. want to do nothing but negative news that's why the news gets exhausting to even watch because everything is just attack 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 right. and people get drunk with it because they sit there and watch cna right. you know so yeah
0: it's 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 crazy and you know and then the anger that sometimes as christians i that starts stewing inside me because like with me my my book launched last september and being, a, you know, I'm the biggest nobody that's ever been published by Thomas Nelson, who knew nobody. So it was like on my own to get the word out there. So speaking, this then COVID shuts it all down. So I'm sitting quiet off to the side. Now I'm home and the anger is starting to build and manifest me because all I'm seeing are, all these people preaching this ridiculousness of this monster thing that's going around. And just so we're clear, I, I believe in that, that little virus 100%. I know it's out there just like I believe in the flu. I believe in AIDS. I believe in all the things that are out there, but the way my, my joke has been, I, I want the publicist who uh, publicized COVID to, to drop my next book, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's,
1: it's, it's still, yeah. it feels like they have publicists behind the scenes, fueling this fire out there man yeah, well the government's fueling it too look it's only a 99.7 percent chance of recovery if you get it overall average uh and, and the average age is still over 80 and i'm not poo-pooing it either it is right. real but you cannot hide from a virus you can't hide right. man-made or right. not we've got you we can't sit there and wear masks the rest of our lives masks by the way are useless i've had plenty of doctors that, that i showed videos on that's why facebook took me right. down that head that right. And said, right. it, and I, like I said, all the CDC want, you know, you sit there, well, this is what they're saying. And you guys keep yelling science. Well, the, these, this is your God, CDC. They're saying the same thing I am. And now Facebook is even retracting some of the things, the reasons Isn't they took me crazy? down. Uh, they're saying, they're going, yeah, I probably did start in a lab. And yeah, there might be issues about the mask wearing them. But it's all about control. It's all about making us just all a bunch of sheep that follow the same god and that government right. unfortunately god thinks government the government thinks they are god that's the i problem. agree and
0: you know it's even a struggle so my wife is a nurse and she does work for the largest healthcare system in california and she works there as a christian well check this out from day one she has taken on every covid patient that has come through day one every single covid patient Because so many of her friends have fears that, you know, she doesn't want to make them feel bad. But my wife isn't scared, so she does the Christ-like thing of, I'm going to take every COVID patient. And she has for 18 months. Then all of a sudden, they came at her and they started physically and mentally punishing her. Because she made a choice to let her natural immunity as a, a, when I say young woman, I want to give my wife's age, but she's not 50 yet. But as a young woman, she just made that choice. And so we are not anti-vaxxers. We're not pro-vaxxers. We are a healthcare choice between you, your physician, all sorts of stuff. And now she's being punished where every three days she has to shove this cancer-causing thing up her nose and prove that she doesn't have covid well meanwhile people who have had the vaccine they can get it spread it just as much but they're punishing her and it just really crushes me man
1: Yeah, a year and a half later, all these health workers out there are now being forced to take the vaccine. Right. Well, okay. It, it's, it, of course, herd immunity makes sense. Of course it does. Why do they take hydroxychloroquine and iver, ivermectin away from people? Right. Why do they pull those right. off the shelves? Why? Right. When they right. know it. I know plenty of people who got COVID that used ivermectin and it helped, you know, recovery was much faster. Right. So what is going on? Obviously, something's going on here, folks. Wake well, up. I you know, wanted up.
0: to, you know, falling back on my paramedic site. And also I was in Oakland when the first SARS scare came around back in 2004. And we're like, whoa, how do we handle this? Well, immediately what we did was we told folks that couldn't protect themselves, meaning in a convalescent home, let's let's protect these folks. Now everyone else, we made it a push. These are best practices. If you're sick, think you're sick, been around someone who's sick, stay home for a few days. Wash your hands because we watch all these people and as a fireman it drives me nuts because I've been trained how to use medical gear and hazardous materials gear and all this stuff to, to to mitigate. And I'll watch these people have a mask on and they've touched their face 17 times. Meanwhile, my sons who are teenagers are walking beside me. They're laughing like, Dad, look those people touching their faces. Not because I'm teaching them to mock or make fun of. I'm teaching them that, man, it's flu season. Let's not be touching our faces when we're in public. We don't use those hand washes. We use some basic dub soap when we go home and wash our hands, you know, things like that. But it's just crazy how they've given these people a false sense of security and then now manipulated sure. it.
1: Look, we, we, I, I was up in Columbus, Ohio at a charity golf event there. And as we're coming back, I was going through these airport security. This guy had to pull over my son's bag because he had a bottle of water right. or something in there. And he had, could have been more than 30, two masks, face shield, <laughs> And two sets of gloves. They've already said months ago, months and months ago, they said, you cannot pick it up from surfaces. You have to still with the gloves. And I look at this going, right. this is right. just unbelievable. Right. The fe- and once again, it's the right. feeling. It's the fear. Right. That, that's, you
0: know, know, I'm right. on board. And so that's something else I wanted to kind of hit with you was the media side of things. So California is, you know, is actually a big and diverse state. The Central Valley, some of the North areas, Very concerned, very farm oriented, very church oriented areas. But it's so weird that we have these two specs on the map called LA, Hollywood, and the Bay Area that
1: control the rest of us. So that's why you need to break it up. You need to break that. That does. You need to make four or five states out of California. You really do, because it's not representing. They have too many, too many. That was a 55 electoral college votes. That needs to be cut cut down. That needs to be split up to maybe 30 and 25. Because it's saying, because they're not representing the people that are already there and they need to represent Well, oh, I can say for that. governor and,
0: and state legislatures within the state, we need our own form of electoral college in the state because yeah. of that, because it, it is so diverse. And again, imagine if the folks up in Reading, way up in Northern California, all their policies, all their quote doctrine drove the folks in Hollywood. They would lose their minds, man. <laughs> you know, and so that's why it was broken up. Yeah. So I've always said, let's have. They can have the coast and have the ports and everything that will tax them when they come across <laughs> our area out here. So, yeah. but no, it's a joke there. Um, so, anyways, what I wanted to also hit with you, because these are some really cool topics and we could go all day and even future shows with them. I
1: want to. I can't give you all day. I got it going for I- you. I know soon. you do.
0: I want to talk <laughs> about some really cool things that you have going on right now. One of which my wife and I sat down the other night and it was before the wrath. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can you talk to us a little bit about
1: that? You know, I've been doing a lot more documentaries lately before the wrath is, was awesome. It's in the book revelation. It's a very fascinating educational look. You don't have to be a Christian to watch it. It's, it's, it's fascinating and interesting to hear what these scholars ought have to say about the second coming. And then we mix it in of course, with uh, actors portraying that time during Jesus's time. So it's a pretty fascinating documentary. There's another one that's out there called against the tide, against the tide. Dot movie should stream this. It's proving God in a world of science. I spent three weeks in Oxford, England with Professor John Lennox, who's an apologist. He's debated the great atheists, world like Dawkins and Hitchens and Singer. We spent two weeks in Israel, um, and it was just incredible. I'm I'm on, on camera with him. I'm also narrating it. But John is the star here, man. This guy is amazing. His... his it just the questions I asked them are questions that atheists would ask and agnostics would ask. Right. So you actually got, you got to hang out and travel around
0: with him while you're doing
1: stuff? I got to hang out and travel around with him. And I just, the people that did before the wrath, Brent Miller's company, I just finished another one with them coming out easier called Eating with the Enemy. And you guys will love this one because it deals with the disciples in the Last Supper. And I love the title "Eating." Eat. I love the title "Eating with the Enemy." So look for that. I love that year. because there's
0: so much more that I truly feel. I, I love to like when I get asked to talk, preach, give sermons, or whatever. Talking about the disciples because so relatable. I mean, as is Jesus, but I sit there and look at them like they were walking with Jesus. And look at the doubts they even had during those three days that he That's was gone. True. They kind of were like
1: they lost their minds. Yeah. And, you know, people see, how you know, paintings of, they think there were all these old guys with white beards. These guys were young rebel right. guys. These were like early, you know, teens and early 20-something guys that hung out with Jesus. And um, I think it's going to be very educational for people to see what those what those lives were like as well. Um, I, I want people to go to SorboStudios.com, SorboStudios.com, get information. You can join. We'll send you a. Uh, I got a lot of things coming out of the pipeline. I just finished the Ronald Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid playing Reagan. I play his pastor. I'm leaving for Canada here soon. I'll be up there for a couple months filming the next Left Behind movie that I'm directing as well for all those who are Left Behind fans with the uh, with LaHaye and Jenkins books. Um, I've got another one that I highly recommend for people called A Miracle in East Texas, which will be out in theaters in, in, in February. I directed it, starred in it, along with John Ratzenberger and Lou Gossett Jr. It's a true story set in 1930. Um, uh, it's won everything from best romantic comedy to best faith based film and everything in between because you can't really pigeonhole it. I put it in the vein. Of, it's like the blind yeah. side. It's in the vein oh, of the blind a- side. Uh, for God's Not Dead fans, I if you haven't seen the movie, please see it. But you have to see What If as well. What If is a great movie, better movie than God's Not Dead in my book. And a movie I directed that was in theaters two years ago called Let There Be Light. Check out Let There Be Light. Good movie. We're going to write those all down.
0: You know, uh, Kevin, last thing, if you wouldn't mind before we head out here. In light of all the, the nonsense you have to deal with on a level that most people can't understand and you're <laughs> so well at hype. Can you give us a little something about how you truly deal with all the stressors that come your way from the cancel culture and the nonsense out there?
1: Combination of good things. I got a, I, I got a great wife. I got three great kids. We're homeschoolers. My wife's a homeschool advocate. Pick up her book called they're your kids. Okay. Um, uh, golf is my escape as well. I'm an avid golfer and I get out there and I'm a fast golfer. I won't, I won't play any course unless the, unless let me go at first. I'll do 18 holes in about an hour and 40 Perfect. minutes. and, that's my, and I love, I, I'll golf with people, but I love golf with myself. That's my time to just sort of be there with, with God, nature, and just the, you know, the animals around me. I love that time. And, um, uh, you know, guitar. I'm a guitar player, but it's, I just do it for myself and it's a nice way to relax. But uh, the one thing I still with every day, even though I'm not as buffed as I was in the Hercules <laughs> years, um, I work, I work yeah. out every day. You got to find a place to work out, guys. It's important to find a way to get exercise one way or another. It's another way to battle yeah. any virus yes. in the world okay get yourself and get out and get some sunshine and work right out on.
0: hey Kevin this was such a blessing to hang out with you for a few minutes and we're going to post everything out there so that folks can you know, get awesome. a hold of it and stuff and uh, just appreciate everything that you your wife your family the sacrifice that you make for all of us we just really appreciate your brother so uh, hey, who
1: appreciate everything you do man a fireman on our police that need to be supported and I'm, I'm a guy that supports you guys thanks man
0: appreciate it